Welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. We're going to read a few verses of scripture, pray, and I'll let you be seated here tonight. I know it's a Wednesday night, and as always, I want to be very, very, very cautious of the time. I know many of you, you've got to go to work and school and so much tomorrow. I definitely want to be mindful of that. The book of 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 16. 1 Samuel 24 and verse 16. Reading from the New King James Version. So it was when David had finished speaking these words to Saul, that Saul said, Is this your voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. Then he said to David, You are more righteous than I, for you have rewarded me with good, whereas I have rewarded you with evil. And you have shown this day how you have dealt well with me, for when the Lord delivered me into your hand, you did not kill me. For if a man finds his enemy, he will, will he let him get away safely? Therefore, may the Lord reward you with good for what you have done to me this day. And now I know indeed that you shall surely be king, and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. Therefore, swear now to me by the Lord that you will not cut off my descendants after me, and that you will not destroy my name from my father's house. So David swore to Saul, and Saul went home, but David and his men went up to the stronghold. I want to speak to you for a little while on the thought this Wednesday night. You cannot live today off yesterday's victory. Father, thank you for this holy week that we're celebrating and remembering your death and resurrection. Lord, tonight I pray that you would just help me as I speak your word. I pray that you just open hearts, minds, and spirits. Lord, that you'd have your way in this place. And God, we give you the thanks for it in Jesus' name. And everybody in the house said, Amen. God bless you. You can be seated here tonight. You cannot live today off yesterday's victory. You see, we find in our text, we picked up where David had been for so long. He had been running from Saul, fearing for his life. David didn't ask for any of it. David had simply been doing what he was supposed to do, but yet Samuel showed up at his house and anointed him king. He'd faithfully served Saul. In fact, the scripture is clear that when Saul would send him out, of course, he at first killed Goliath, but after that, he would go out on campaigns of war for Saul, and he was blessed in everywhere he went. He never lost a battle. But yet Saul became jealous, and David had to run and run and run, and like an animal for so long, live in a cave. As we pick up on our text that we read here tonight, we find that David was being pursued by Saul yet again. In fact, in the beginning of chapter 24, it says, Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all Israel, went to seek David and his men on the rocks of the wild goats. So as David was being pursued, David hid in this cave. And as David was hiding in this cave, Saul had come in. And let me just be, let me be biblical to you here. Saul went in to attend to his needs. David and his men were staying in the recesses of the cave. 
Saul had went into this dark cave where David had been hiding. Unknown to Saul, David and his men were in there. And Saul went in there to attend to his needs. While Saul was in there, David's men, one of his men, spoke up and said, This is it, David. This is your opportunity. God has given you your enemy. God has given you this opportunity to be able to take his life. But David was determined. He was committed that he would not touch the Lord's anointing. But instead, he snuck up and cut off the corner of Saul's robe. He took that robe and he hid. And even then, the Bible says that David even felt convicted about that. The Bible said David's heart troubled him because he had cut off Saul's robe. And he begins to tell his men, God forbid that I touch God's anointing. And so after Saul leaves the cave and gets a distance away, David waits till he's far enough away. David was not dumb. He was good, but he was not dumb. Waits for him to get a distance away, and he begins to call out to Saul. And he tells Saul here, as as we've read, he says that I have the opportunity, but I want you to see that there's no evil in me. I'm not after you, Saul. You've become determined that I'm after you and I'm trying to kill you, but that's not it at all. I'm not trying to hurt you at all. And he holds up the piece of his robe, and Saul looks down and sees the corner cut off of his own robe, and he says, I had the opportunity to take your life, Saul, but I did not. And as we read, Saul then begins to weep and realizes that he has been chasing David. And in fact, he says there that he says, I know now, I know now that you are going to be king of all Israel. In that moment, he realized that this, this boy, this young man that he's been chasing around all of these years, that he is going to be the king. Uh, can y'all bring me up in the monitors? Y'all turn me down. He is going to be the king of all of Israel. We find here that then David he, he says, I'm not going to harm you. David, at this point, he, he has one of the greatest moments of forgiveness that is in the Bible by man. Of course, we know none greater than what Jesus does. But as far as man in the Old Testament, one of the greatest moments of forgiveness that we ever witness. His enemy that has chased him around for years and years and years and years. Now he spares his life. And I don't know about you, but this is one, I believe it's one of the greatest victories that David had. You know, we celebrate a lot of things. David, David killed Goliath. David had a lot of victories. But honestly, this is one of the greatest, to me, this is one of the greatest victories he ever had. I don't know about you, but it would be really hard when I had the opportunity to take the life of the man that had been chasing me around to take my life. It would have been hard for me to not take his life. Anybody want to be honest here today and say that that's you? So this was David's greatest victory that I believe that we, one of the greatest ones that we ever read. And you say, well, why is this title? Why are you talking about you cannot live today off of yesterday's victory? Because immediately, somebody say immediately. In the next chapter, we begin to read another instance that David, after this is done, now David comes in contact with a man named Nabal. Everybody say Nabal. 
Nabal was a man, and I'm, this is me par- paraphrasing here. You're free. Go back. I encourage you to. Anytime I ever preach anything, I, I encourage you to go back and read it in the Word. I'm not trying. one of those preachers that's trying to, I want to open the Scriptures to you. I believe that's my job. I'm not trying to pull anything on you. Anytime I preach anything, go home and read it. Read chapter 25. Read chapter 24. Read, read the whole book of 1 Samuel. Read the whole Bible. But we find here that David then runs into a man named Nabal. Nabal was, the Bible says he was a rich man. He was a very arrogant man. He was not a very good man at all. And we find that David and his men had been in a valley. And in fact, later on, you'll find one of the young men that had worked for Nabal talks to Abigail, Nabal's wife, and said, David and his men were good to us. They were a wall. They protected us. And so David and his men, after being so good, never taking anything from Nabal and and, and his shepherds and the sheep, he sends some men and says, hey, Nabal, we have protected your things. We have been good to you. Could you please spare just a, a little bit of food for me and my men? And Nabal, not being a very wise man, he begins, uh, his reaction uh, is, who is David and who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays who break away each one from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed for my shears and give it to men when I do not know where they are from? So David and his young men turned on their heels and went back and told him all these words. Basically, after David had been good to Nabal, he had protected his assets, he had protected his animals, he had protected his servants, and David just simply asked in return for a little bit of food, a little bit of sustenance. Nabal, in essence, spits in David's face. And David, David was not the same David he was in chapter 24. <laughs> Come on, somebody. This is why I'm talking about you can't live on yesterday's victory. Chapter 24, David seemed to be gone. And now chapter 25, David, David said to his men, every man gird on his sword. So every man girded on his sword. And David also girded on his sword. About 400 men went with David. 200 stayed with the supplies. And David then begins to say, he begins to talk, and he begins to go through the whole spiel. And he says, by morning time, there won't be a male left alive in Nabal's family. The same man that was able to offer the forgiveness to his greatest enemy one chapter earlier now finds himself, though insulting, a man that basically, in essence, spit in his face by saying, who is David? I'm not, I don't have anything from him. But yet, he was able to forgive one chapter earlier, but now the next chapter we find that someone he had not really had a lot of contact with, someone that there was not, he hadn't been chasing him for years like Saul, but yet now he finds himself saying, boys, it's time to go. Strap on your swords, I'm getting nine. There's not a male going to be left living in the morning of Nabal's family. I just need to remind you here tonight on this Wednesday of this Holy Week 2023, the battle never ends. The battle never stops. The enemy's going to keep on tempting you. Situations and trials are going to continue to come your way every single time. Had it not been for a wise woman named Abigail. Abigail was Nabal's wife. And one of the young men that was a servant came and told Abigail what was going on. She's like, you know my master, he's basically, he, he doesn't have any sense. 
this is what's going on. Abigail starts gathering up things. She starts gathering up food. She said, I got I to gotta get, get in the way of this or all my family's about to die along with my stupid husband. So she sends him. She says, go, take the gifts. I'm coming behind you. The Bible shows us a picture of how Abigail then comes and she bows down before David and she begins to apologize and, and David then realizes where he's been. And David always was a sucker for a woman. Come on now. <laughs> and David said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going second thought. I'm not Abigail. I'm not going to Abigail goes and when she gets back to the house, Nabal had been pardoned. He was drunker than a skunk. So the Bible says she didn't say anything to him that night, waited till the next morning and told him what had happened. She began to explain it to her husband, Nabal. So it was in the morning, verse 37 of chapter 25, when the wine had gone from Nabal and his wife had told him these things, that his heart died within him and he became like a stone. Then it happened after about 10 days that the Lord struck Nabal and he died. So that when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal and kept his servant from evil. For the Lord has returned the wickedness of Nabal on his own head. In that moment, David became thankful that he had not acted upon the hatred that he had felt in his heart. In that moment, he realized how God would always take care of him if he would allow God to do it. You cannot live today off of yesterday's victory. It would have been so easy for David to just say, you know what, I just let Saul go. That, was the, that, that scoundrel chased me for years. He was after me. He wanted to kill me, and I had mercy on him. And it seemed like he had that lick. But next, very next chapter, there it is again. Another trial, another issue, another temptation. You say, Pastor, what in the world does that have to do with tonight? Well, it has to do with this. When we look at this Holy Week, when we celebrate this Holy Week, there's something that is everlasting. Jesus' price that he paid is everlasting. In fact, Scripture tells us that he died once for all. He'll never have to do it again. There, over and over in the Old Testament, they had to kill sheep after sheep, ox after ox, dove after dove. But, but, but we find that when Jesus came and he paid the price, it never had to be done over again. However, when it goes for us, here we are with these holy elements. Jesus told us, told us do this in remembrance of me until he comes again. Time after time, we come back to this place in services. Time after time, we realize that we cannot live today off of yesterday's victory. Why are we celebrating this again? Here we are almost 2,000 years after the first time. Why do we do it? Because it was complete. It was total. Jesus' part doesn't have to be done over again, but yet we, because of our imperfections, we, because of our failures and our faults, we need to keep coming on back. Because even though we may have had the greatest victory of our life today, tomorrow we've still got to be just as vigilant. We've got to be just as prepared. We've got to be just as prayed up. We've got to be just as ready. So here we are one more time. 
No, Jesus doesn't have to do anything over again. As I'll be speaking on Friday afternoon, a little plug here, on one of those seven sayings of Jesus, it is finished. Jesus finished it. It's done. But there will never come a time where you and I can ever just kind of lay back and take it easy and think, you know what, I got this licked. That, that was the toughest, that was the toughest thing I've ever faced. And, and probably it was for David to that point. Forgiving Saul, having mercy to Saul was the toughest thing that David had ever done. But lo and behold, in the very next chapter, there was another one. So tonight, here we come. We come back to this thing, this thing that, this thing that is perfect. Jesus' sacrifice is perfect. And so we come to this thing of perfection and continue to ask him for help with our imperfection. We continue to say, Lord, I can't do this on my own. You know what? Today I actually had a pretty decent day. Today I actually I didn't mess up. Today I didn't cuss nobody out. Today, whatever it may be, whatever your, your struggle may be, today I, I, I didn't smoke any dope. Today I, I didn't look at any porn. Today I didn't shoot anybody. Today, look, whatever it may be, today I've had a good day. Today I didn't, I didn't hold any grudges against ever, anybody, but you got to wake back up tomorrow. And tomorrow we got to keep on fighting. And we can't allow ourselves to live off yesterday's victory. We've got to continue to come to the Lord. Thanks for listening to our podcast. To find out more about us, follow us on social media at StarkvilleCOG. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at StarkvilleCOG.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.